broadcasting from the Annie Up studio. It's the longest running poker podcast for the everyday poker player with your host, Joe Scale. Hello, A-Team. It's Friday, October 20th. Welcome to the Annie Up Poker Podcast, where every hand is an opportunity, every player is a friend, and every episode is a winning experience. I'm your host, Joe Scales, and we are 13 days from the next Patreon member's private game on PokerStars. It's on Thursday, November 2nd, and I made some changes this time around. The first being time. <laughs> this month's game is at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So that's 7.30 Central and 5.30 Pacific. That should give everyone some time to get into the game, but if not, I also added some time to the late reg. So if you can't be there right as we start, you can still have some time to get in. This month's winner was Chicago Joe, and he won a Annie Up hoodie, as well as a $50 Amazon gift card. So if you haven't already joined us on Patreon, be sure to check that out. Join at the $10 level, then join us in the monthly game. It's a lot of fun. We actually, we can turn on the audio and video and talk to and see each other, which we're all still really trying to figure out. So that makes it even more fun. <laughs> also, don't confuse this with Papes because that game's still going on as well. And it's on uh, every day that ends in six. So the 6th, the 16th, the 26th. I still love that group as well because they're playing all kinds of different games and you're playing for player of the year, which is awesome. However, in the Patreon game, I have the ability to give out prizes, so be sure to check them both out. Speaking of prizes, I have another book to give away, The Final Table by Gareth James. So let me get my wheel out here and give it a spin to see which of our Patreon members will get the book this week. And let's see, the winner is Frank Ramsey. Congratulations, Frank. I will get your mailing info and get that book out to you. So now let's have a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. It's that magical time of year right now when football is in full swing, basketball is back, hockey has returned, and... Baseball playoffs have us on the edge of our seats. But, speaking of ball games, it's time to talk about the champion of grooming. Manscaped has just launched the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra. It's like having a sixth man on your team, ensuring that you stay smooth no matter what sport you're into. So, don't strike out on this offer. Head over to manscaped.com, use the code ANTIUP20, to get 20% off and free shipping. With Manscaped, you'll be the real MVP, both on and off the field. And trust me, that handyman electric face shaver is no joke. It can get you a smooth shave, and just like all the Manscaped tools, it has that skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts. So check them all out at manscaped.com, and when you're ready to check out, just use the code ANTIUP20 to get 20% off your entire order and free shipping. That's all I have, so 
Let's get on with the show. Find out what conversations are happening around the poker table with Table Talk. We are back around the poker table with L, and we have our special guest this week, Todd Lemansky. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. Uh, glad to be back on the show. It's uh, it's been a few weeks, and um, I always well, I've been wanting to be on Table Talk, so I'm, I'm happy that uh, this week I'm on Table Talk. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun segment. So why not? Yes, yes. <laughs> L, it's good to see you too. Likewise. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good to be around the table with you, Joe, but Todd, we're really glad you could join us. So we've been looking forward to including more and more people and hope you can come back as well. Hope this isn't a one and done. No, Hey, I've, <laughs> I've been listening to the Annie Up podcast since 2010. So for, for oh. me, I, I'm, it's like, it's, it's so cool that I've like got to be on the podcast so many times in the last, in the last year, you know, after being like such a long yeah. time listener and I was like, man, I just want to be on the podcast. I was always kind of a little envious when, when Chris or, or Scott would be out of town and, and Gambit would be on there. I'm like, damn, why don't they call me? I want to be on the podcast. So, yeah. Here I am. Dream come true. Well, here you are. Your, your day has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> hey, quick question for you guys. Did you see Jared Blesnick in the Super High Roller Bowl, the PLO tournament? I did not. As, as you guys know I missed it, but I know that's something that both of you may have seen, but I definitely missed that this week. So everybody knows, or most people know, Jared Blesnick loves to, uh, he loves sports cards and he's all about them. So and, this is a well-known fact. Yeah. Yeah. Why haven't you called him? <laughs> this is the man we need in our life. Today. It's true. We have lots of sports cards that we're willing to uh, release. It's so true. We might need to be knocking on his you door. You know, I only recently discovered the sports cards is a thing. What? I saw I Oh, yeah, I had I had no idea. Oh, I was like my my, my, my buddy at work's like watching this thing. I was like, "What is this?" He's like, oh, he's in, he's unboxing the sports cards, and I'm like, well, how does this work? <laughs> right. And he's like, oh, you know, you buy the team, any like team that come, you know, the any card that comes out that's on your team. He's like, it's kind of like a gambling thing in a way because you're gam, you know, you're paying for the chance of maybe getting like you know a LeBron card or whatever it is, like something that's that's valuable, but most right. of the time. You don't get in. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it is. It's just like turn up a poker. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jared actually used a time chip during the um, Super High Roller Bowl to unbox cards. He actually unboxed two of them. It was hilarious. But. He said, I don't his, think it, everybody else at the table thought that was hilarious. No, he definitely <laughs> got a look. He de- he definitely got a couple of looks from there. And and uh, didn't the commentator like even kind of say something about? Yeah, it Tuckman too? was like, I'm not amused. <laughs> uh, he he yeah. was. Um, but he, I mean, was he streaming like this unboxing or I, no, he just, he just decided, just... you know, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do this. But uh, there's always t- that one. There's always that one. Technically, I mean, he didn't break any rules because he he had the time chips. And he said, I don't need all these. I play faster than these guys anyway. <laughs> so. Which very well could be the case. Yeah. 
Because some of those guys are chronic. Yeah, thinkers, absolutely. Especially at that level. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Did he cross a line by doing it though? I'm like I said, he didn't technically break a rule. I think the only time he crossed the line was when he made the comment about, I don't really need one of these chips anyway. So to me, it's one of those things where, I don't know, you're puffing your chest and going off topic and, you know, creating a ruckus in the middle of a game where people like to keep their concentration. So I personally wouldn't have appreciated that. And I feel like you're, you're asking for a group of people at the table to kind of gang up on you at that point. That's my outsider perspective. But, you know, it's a way to make enemies instead of friends at the table. <laughs> Fair. But maybe, maybe not. I mean, lots of people might see that differently. Who knows? I mean, that's his thing, I guess. But you don't need to shout it in the middle of a tournament. <laughs> right. Yeah. I can kind of see both both sides of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely inconsiderate. Right. You know, or rude. Uh, it slows the game down. Yeah. At the same time. It's fundamentally no different that if the cocktail server came back with your cocktail that you ordered and you threw your time chip in so you could get your money out and, you know, pay her and give her a tip or whatever. Right. So if it's taking the same amount of time. So fundamentally, it's no different because you could just be thinking about what, you know, your decision while you're getting that drink. But like, <laughs> he definitely he definitely rides right up to the edge when he says, uh I don't need all these anyway. I play faster than you guys as it is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, I know Isaac Haxton, if you watch the video, Isaac Haxton is glaring at him. He is not happy. Right. But, I mean, it would have been one thing if he's like, guys, I just got these today. I'm using my time card to do this because I can't stop thinking about it. I want to see what's in here. Don't you want to see what's in here with me? That's different than saying – Yeah, but. I don't How about when the anyway. hand is over and the dealer is shuffling the cards? Exactly. So would be right. a much better time to do it. Right. All in all, yeah. it worked out in two ways because he did get a Lamello rookie card, which was worth apparently $2,000, he said. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, score. Yeah. But he also... Killed his opponents, too. Yeah. yeah. He also ended up winning the whole freaking tournament, so... Um, Maybe because he tilted his opponent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, do you think we're going to start seeing more things like this? Because somebody, I hope, I hope not. People see, oh well, I can use my time card to promote anything at this point. Yeah. yeah do we? I I think with the advent of cell phones, we're already there's already enough delays as it is with people on their phones and everything. Listen mm -hmm. to the headphones, sir, it's on you. It's on, you know, like we, we, the last thing we need in poker are more delays. Yeah. Right. And, and I mean, that's the whole reason that we have a time clock now, but it's like now, now we're pushing that limit too. Mm -hmm. So it, I don't know. Where there but, are rules, uh, they will always be pushed or broken. That's fair. Yeah, always, That's somebody's fair. always going to push the envelope. You know, somebody's always going to be, there's always going to be a wise guy. So. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Well, some, that reminds me actually just now. The other day we had a day two and I guess there was a vlogger on there and he's going to film all of his hands or whatever. And so I had one of the other guys at the table oh. be like, can he do this? Which I thought that posed an interesting question too, and it's kind of in the same realm here because uh, 
it could theoretically slow things down. But this guy's concern was like, well, if he's filming all of these hands, how do we know he's not running a solver in the background? Because he's technically on his phone. Right. And the tournament director basically said something along the lines of, well, if he's got a lot of followers, this is good publicity for the, for the casino, Mm -hmm. which that you know is is a point not necessarily one that i agree with i'm a little more old-fashioned i would i would be more inclined to just uh have a blanket policy that you can't do it but i do know that vlogging is a thing um and a lot of there's a lot of players out there who have built big followings by vlogging their hands 100 percent. so i don't think i I don't think that we're going to be able to put the toothpaste back in the tube so (laughs) it's kind of here to stay I would have, what I wanted to ask him was like, well, so if he's got 10,000 followers, it's okay if he does this, but if he's got 10 followers, it's not right. Cause that's not the, you know, that's not, that's not the way we should be judging it. You know, it should, it should be judged on the principle of the thing, not how many followers. Oh yeah. 100%. But there, there is, that is a good point though. Mm-hmm. Like do, how do you know that that's what they're doing? Like, how do you know they're not, actually running some kind of solver in the background to say, okay, this is what you do in this position or whatever. Or how do you know that they are not, that they're not, that they're actually vlogging and they're not just using it as a video journal of the hands they played in the tournament rather than taking notes so that they can go review it back later. And is that okay? Right. And I kind of find it fascinating with the amount of things we have to go through with casinos that we work with and have poker stops, like the amount of clearance we have to have, the questions that are asked, the follow-up, the gaming commission that comes in and shows up the morning of an Annie up poker stop that wants to check out everything. I mean, my bags get searched. Why do you have a laptop? I mean, the, the amount of questions I get, um, even, even with branded gear on when I'm at an Annie up stop is is pretty wild and and i always actually wondered how those videos were being created and and how you know security isn't got an eagle eye on them the whole time they're in there you know you would think somebody's got to be watching their phone from a camera or standing behind them it's almost like or you sign off on an agreement i mean if they're just bringing these phones in and setting them up i hadn't thought about it from that perspective Right. But I'm, I have always been in favor of the vloggers being able to film. Right. Be, only because of, I, I feel like it has brought poker back into the limelight a little bit and it has um, helped it grow. So, so from that standpoint, I do like it. However, those are points that I never really thought about, mm-hmm. like making sure that that's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's something where they're you know using video to kind of log their hands to go over later, mm-hmm. but how are you gonna know? How are you gonna know that? How are you gonna know that? It's, yeah. It's, and I mean, do you have you have to find the guy online and go check out his stream and? go be watching it on the side to make sure that it's actually vlogging. <laughs> but even if it is not, if you're going to allow them to video their hands because they're putting them on a vlog, then you have to allow them to v- video their hands because they want to review them because you're going to be able to exactly. review all your hands if you're vlogging it. 
you're still you're still able to see him on. So why should the vlogger get the benefit of a video journal exactly. and, not, and not a player? And how yeah. many times have you played played a hand and you want to go and explain it to somebody to see like you if I played it right or made a mistake and you can't always remember exactly how it went or what the betting was or what card came right. on the turn. You can kind of just because you know in the moment everything's ha- you know happening so quickly you're not like consciously remembering or noting what it is. So sometimes you know our memories are fuzzy. Agreed. Exactly. Exactly. Hey speaking of getting getting ready for situations um, that are happening in the casino you, I've mentioned a, a lot recently um, working with AJ at Power Poker and that group of women that they're trying to get a million women in poker soon. Um, oh, nice. They actually, yeah, they actually had a virtual event this week. I'm trying to get a recording. So if we find out where the recording is, I'll share that out on an upcoming podcast. But they had a virtual event Tuesday of this week. And really, really cool because it was all about haven't visited a casino. How do you get ready for it? Like, how can you own that table once you're there? Because there's a lot of different things going on that you might not be used to. It's not your home game. It's not the tournament that you're used to being into. So real quick, it said gain insights into the nuances of casino etiquette, casino focused gameplay strategies. Um, and the mental preparation for a successful casino experience. So I was also wondering, Todd, because you work in the industry, do you have any recommendations for first time, you know, women who are trying to get out there and get more familiar with the game? What would you say to what would you say to us? Um, The first thing that comes to mind is uh, find a ladies tournament. Yep. I tell everybody all the time, my favorite events to deal and floor are always the ladies events oh yeah why is that because just the atmosphere is like everybody's all happy and they're joking <laughs> around it's very social yeah there's very few people that are just got their headphones on and that are laser focused it's it's more of what you would typically think of as a poker game being like social and people interacting socially which is Definitely not always the case. Like if you know, if you're walking through the World Series of Poker in the summertime, you know, all you, you just no talking and chip shuffling is all is all you're hearing. You know, yeah, um, right, right. So that I think that I think that's a good way because I you you started talking about that and I just had this flashback to the very first time I ever played poker in a casino and I mean there was sweat rolling down my back the first I, I i mean i was nervous walking into the casino i'm like here i got four hundred dollars i'm gonna you know what i mean like i've never gambled this much money in my life right you know and 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 the first hand i played it like i'm just like sweating like sweat pouring down my back and my yep. chest and just the adrenaline it doesn't really i think it's been a while since i felt like that now but uh i mean to be to be a woman and to deal with that on top of the intimidation of, mm-hmm. of something that I would not have experienced, but just being new to the game the first time in the casino was already terrifying enough without without adding that extra element. It's it's very true. It's I true. mean, if if anybody could have been a fly on the wall the first time I went into a casino, number one, I'm married to a man who this is routine and regular <laughs> for. Uh, we met during COVID when everything was shut down. And so I didn't get to have these experiences with him while we were dating. So I didn't get to go to a casino with him until after um, the world sort of reopened. And on top of that, I went with his family who goes all the time as well. So when we walked in and I said, this is the first time I've been in a casino, they all went, what? (laughs) 
And, and yeah. really, you know, I'm already outnumbered. I said, yeah, you guys need to show me how this thing works. Right. And I honestly, I, I agree with you. You get nervous. You, you double think, you question yourself. And, you know, if I could just also sort of make a comment back to, you know, women in an all male environment or, or, you know, typically it's the same as when we entered the workforce, right? We've got to make ourselves known and play smart and be aware and not say anything off. The thing I always wonder is like, is it okay to say, Hey guys, I'm here to enjoy the enjoy the night. I'm new. If, if if I misstep, you know, let me know. Like, is that inappropriate to say? Because I said that when I played in my first tournament, but it was in a lot more relaxed environment. Right. I think that if you're in a relaxed environment, like what your right. first tournament was, then it's okay to say that. But if you're playing in a kind of a serious tournament, and then you don't necessarily want to let them know to the best of your ability that you've not done this before because they're going to try and take advantage of that's it. That's true. Yeah. The sharks are going to smell the blood in the water. If you tell, if you, if you tell them that at the right, in the wrong setting for sure. That's true. Well, and as far yeah. as um, men being intimidating, here's my hope. And this is what I've always said, even as a school teacher is men need to correct men. I mean, I've heard stories about women joining, you know, Joe's home games that he goes to. And and he's had to say things a couple of times like, all right, that's enough. Like step up. If you're, if you're at the table and that happens to somebody who's new male or female, like we're trying to grow the game here. We're here to have a good time and play. So regardless of who's new at the table, somebody needs to say something. That's just my opinion. No, I'm I'm glad you said male or female yeah. because uh, it really shouldn't matter the gender. We should just be treating you know people with respect, especially players who are new to the game. Because um, yes, a we want to grow the game. B it's a social game, and we're all there to have fun to right. begin with. You know, and C right. you know it's the oldest adage. It goes all the way back to uh, Doyle Brunson. You don't tap the glass. You know, like you, you don't want to scare <laughs> yeah. the fish away. Yeah. So, it's true. Uh, you know, there's a multitude of reasons yeah. to treat everybody with respect, you know. Yeah. You know, the, the most important one just being to be a decent human. But right. definitely don't want to scare the fish away either. Right. Yeah, I like that, Todd. Right. Great exactly. way to summarize that. Exactly. All right. So we've we've gotten pretty long here, but I do want to go over one more thing because there's this hand in the EPT Cyprus event that happened and Todd, when I knew you were going to be on here, I really wanted to get your opinion yeah. on this. I think this is perfect. Let's let's get your okay. thoughts on this, Todd. Here's what happened. Uh, there was about 60,000 chips in the pot. The board is the three of hearts, two of diamonds, eight of hearts, seven of hearts, uh, jack of spades. Early position player announced all in and his opponent called off his remaining stack. The early position player tabled King of Hearts, King of Diamonds, so just a pair of kings. And the other player kept his cards face down and pushed them forward, thinking the first player had King Jack of Hearts for the flush. The dealer then places his cards on top of the muck, where they were still easily retrievable. And that's when the the player realized that the original player didn't have the flush and his hand beat kings because he had a set of twos. The cards were taken from the top of the muck and turned over, and they were, indeed, pocket deuces. 
The floor was called over, and the initial ruling was that the hand was dead due to being in the muck. But a few of the players at the table argued that they were easily retrievable, so the floor went to Toby Stone, which is the tournament director there, for the final say, and the hand was ruled to still be in play. What I find interesting here is Toby Stone said that at at all-in and call moments, it becomes the dealer's responsibility to pl- protect the player's cards. So what do, you, what, what do you think about that, Todd? Uh, well, I think that this is not even necessarily call the floor worthy. It's so straightforward <laughs> and cut and dried. Just uh, quickly to touch on on the what you just said about about the dealer protecting. It's uh, I, I don't totally agree with that. At the end of the day, it's ultimately the payer's responsibility to protect their own interest in the hand, and then right. But further to that, everyone at the table also has a responsibility to protect the, you know, the integrity of the game, which is why the other players spoke up. And of course, the dealer should be doing their job. And from in this situation, A, the uh, the final ruling was absolutely 100% correct. Um, but from what I see, I see the dealer made two glaring errors, two, two huge errors. And um, okay. big enough that you might have gotten pulled out of the box after it was all done, said and done. For, for the day, but um, number one is that anytime a player is all in, a, a hand ha- has to be tabled. So when when the when that player is trying to slide his cards into the muck, the dealer should have been like, "Sir, I need you to table those cards. Uh, that you're all in. We need we need to see all hands must be tabled anytime there's an all in." Right, because we're talking about tournament. Because it's a tournament, yes. So that yeah. right away, that that hand should have never even made it to the muck. Number one. Once it makes it to the muck, we go back to this uh, this concept that Elliot's always talking about, which is clearly identifiable and retrievable. And in this case, it was because everybody saw that the dealer just put the two cards right on the top of the muck when they're they're clearly identifiable and retrievable. Therefore, they can still be live because of the all in. Right. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of a misconception. I'll just just as an aside, like a lot of players think that the muck is this magical place that, like, you know, if the cards even come into contact, you know, one corner of the card touches touches the muck, it's dead. The muck is a black hole for live hands. <laughs> you know, like once the once they get in, they can never come out. It's not the trace. Um, so it was absolutely the right ruling to bring to bring the hand back up and table it, uh, especially because it was an all in. And they were clearly identifiable and retrievable. That brings us to the second mistake the dealer made is that as a matter what and it's a good thing that the dealer made this mistake in this situation, but the proper procedure for a dealer to bring the cards into the muck is to make them unidentifiable and unretrievable, which is why the muck is a mixed up just pile of cards and not an ordered like stub, you know. So right. Usually when I when I put cards in the muck, a lot of times I'll just give the muck like a little shuffle or whatever to make sure that they're that they're not retrie- no longer retrievable. So in this case, it worked out. Um, but like I said, those are t- those are two glaring uh, errors on on behalf on the dealer's part. So all right, well I'm glad that that we had you here to to talk about that because I I think it's interesting. You're right. It's not. It is pretty straightforward, but it's interesting because there's some nuances there, right? Like the fact that the dealer made those mistakes and because 
add an all in and call. I'm not sure that it becomes the dealer's responsibility to protect the player's cards. It is always and will always be the player's ultimate deal. Like it's one of my favorite lines that I, I use it all the time. As in life, you are ultimately responsible for everything that happens to you at the poker table. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody else's so, fault. Even when it is somebody else's fault, you're still ultimately responsible. <laughs> uh, so, the interesting thing at hand is if it if it had not been an all in, and there's still that's that's a discussion for another day. Uh, I think that they probably stay dead, but uh, they still are clearly identifiable and retrievable. And if the player never actually verbalized the word fold, eh, we're start that that's a more interesting discussion. Um, because there was an all-in and a player's all-in and, and per the rules, they have to be tabled. It absolutely had to come out. But like I said, had had one of the players not been all-in, I think it would have gotten a lot stickier. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that because because it was all-in, so I didn't even consider if it hadn't been. Yeah. Verbalize, verbalize, verbalize. Verbalize your bet, verbalize your fold. You got to tell people out loud because it will not be confused. Yes, make make. Your intention's clear. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So that's all I had. I think we covered a lot of ground today. It was fun. Yeah, did. Todd, I enjoyed having you. I enjoyed uh, being here. Um, uh, let's do it again. Living the dream. Absolutely. Uh, just anytime. Anytime. All right, guys. I appreciate you both being here. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Now it's time for Call the Floor with Elliot Schechter. Elliot Schechter is the poker room manager for Rivers Casino in Schenectady, New York. He joins us each week to say how he would rule on situations that come up in your games. And he's with me again this week. Elliot, how are you? Doing very well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have an interesting one from, and I, I, I'm going to apologize ahead of time. I don't know if you pronounce this as Alice or Elise, but I'm, I'm going with Elise because it just... That sounds cooler. So, <laughs> um, but uh, sent in by Elise Baird. And she wants to know if this was the right ruling. She said she's playing in a game where she pushes $25 chip to the middle and announces a bet of 15. The dealer repeats it, but the next player has headphones on and puts out $25 in $5 chips. The floor is called and they rule that the player has to raise. I'm not sure how we got to the point where the floor was called. It had to be confusing, obviously. I mean, players are saying, wait, it's 15, it's 25, it's 15, it's 25. So yeah, right. getting the floor here is great. Well, and they, they ruled that they needed to, to raise in this. So her question is, is that the correct ruling? And a side note, if the player had put out just one $25 chip, would that have made a different ruling? So, Yes. The answer <laughs> is yes. There are obviously two different rules here. I'm glad the floor was called. I'm glad the floor made the right call. So the first rule was the 50% or more rule to prevent people from pulling an angle. So uh, we'll use even simpler numbers, although these are nice and simple, 15 and and 25. If I bet 100 and you just very nonchalantly put 150 in the pot and watch a couple of people fold, 
And then say, oh, oh it's only a, it's supposed to be 100. Uh, no. Uh, the ruling in that spot was because you put in more than half or you put in half or more of the current bed, uh, you're required to make the minimum available raise. And that rule applied there. So uh, the, the current bet was 15. Uh, 25 was put in silently. Well, the half of 15 is 715. 10 is more than 750. Therefore, the half or more rule applies in that spot, uh, bringing the current bet up to 30, 2 times 15, uh, the current minimum available raise. And that is fair. It prevents people from cheating and putting out too much. Uh, that obviously is not enough for a raise. So in places that enforce this rule incorrectly, uh, you will get people putting in 190 when the bet is 100, and then the dealer giving them 90 back after two or three people have folded. So he's getting the benefit of a raise without actually, you know, the risk of a raise. Well, that's cheating. <laughs> right. So yes, uh, this raise was enforced correctly. To go to part B, if a player had silently put in an oversized chip, it would merely have been a call. Right. Because once again, we don't assume anything other than the minimum available play if you silently put in a single chip. We're not going to read your mind. We're not going to try to figure out what you're trying to do. We're not going to divine intent. We're not getting out a compass and a divining stick. We're not doing any of that. <laughs> so, yes, the two rules are different. The misinterpretation of the of the oversized bet rule, the half or more rule, comes from when a player is all in. So player A bets 100, player B moves all in for 195. Yeah. That is technically not a raise, but it's still action. They don't take the 95 back because they can't put 100 in. They're playing table stakes. They get to bet every chip they have. Right. But it's not technically a raise in the betting order. The next person coming in is, is either calling the 195 because obviously that's all in play. And if they want to raise, they're not raising any part of the extra 95. That 95 is not considered action. A minimum raise in that spot would be 100. 100 plus 100. So the minimum total bet is 200. The misinterpretation of that rule, because it's less than a full raise to not count as a raise, is misapplied towards somebody putting in too many chips when they're not all in. Right. The half or more rule applies <laughs> in spots where you're not all in, period, and also prevents you from betting less. So going back to the example, player A bets 100, player B has 195. They don't get to put in 160 or 105 or 115 or 120 because they have less than 200. If they want to put more money in the pot, they have to put every last chip in the pot because they need every last chip to even consider making a raise. So that rule gets mangled and misapplied to the point where people put in 175 when the bet is 100, and then they get to take 75 back because it wasn't a raise. That's a complete misapplication of the rule. And if there's any rooms that are still doing that to this day, please stop. <laughs> and then the single chip rule, as she asked at the end, very clearly states a single chip placed in silently is the minimum available call and that's it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, what I was getting ready to come back to is you see that a lot anyway, you know, just flicking in one chip or, or whatever, because you know, they know that is just a call. It does kind of, 
that's that's one of those things where if you have the 15, I don't know why you put out the 25, you know, why you would put it out and the, we don't the ask questions. chips, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I want more change. A guy just wanted to use that chip. We don't care. We're not trying to determine anything. Oh, well, that should have been a race because he had those chips to make a call with. Therefore, use that chip. He had to be making a race. I'm like, no, I'm not going to assume <laughs> anything. I don't care what's on his mind. He wanted to make his bet a certain way. He made his bet. Uh, right. Leave it alone. Yeah. And, you know, as we've said many times on here, you know, paying attention, that's, that seems to be our... The guy in the headphones was certainly not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's our ongoing theme here, but, but if you just pay attention, the game goes faster. There's little to no confusion and everybody leaves happier. <laughs> Paying attention is easily the most important thing a player can do to maintain a well-paced and fair game. Yeah. If you're paying attention then you're protecting your cards, you're keeping the betting in order, you're making sure that the bets are correct. Paying attention is gigantic. And if a player fails to pay attention, that's when things start to break down. That's when judgment calls begin to have to be made. It slows things down. If you're not paying attention, you're waiting for somebody to tell you when it's your turn. That's not how the game's supposed to be run. Right. It's not the dealer's job to tell you when it's your turn. You're the player. You're supposed to know when it's your turn. It's the dealer's job to step in when you're acting out of turn and stop you. Right. It's precisely the dealer's job to tell you when it's not your turn. <laughs> it's the player's job to know when it's their turn. Right. So paying attention is paramount. Everything else almost stems from that. So, yeah. Guy in the headphones? Turn them down a little. Make sure you can hear the game. Right. <laughs> there you go, Elise. I, you know, really appreciate you sending that in. Uh, it's yes. a good one. And if anyone has a call the floor that they would like to know how Elliot would rule, send that in to us as well at podcast at com. Elliot, as always, I appreciate the insight. It was a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Talk to you then. Let's break it down with Hand of the Week. Here we are with another Hand of the Week. Patrick. We're back. Thanks for joining me again. How you doing? You're very welcome, my man. I'm doing good. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, the, the weather's changing. Love but, it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't feel like the, the summer was here long enough, but it's okay. I will – look, I'm a big guy. I, I love my summer. <laughs> I would I would take – I would take the like, uh, you know, maybe six to eight weeks of summer, and then I would be fine. Give me a, a extended fall or an extended spring, where you get some warmth during the day, some chilly nights. Like I even told my wife last night, she was like, "I don't know what we're doing dinner." I'm like, "I got it," because I can go out on the grill and I'm not sweating bullets. <laughs> I will cook yeah. every night, honey. Like <laughs> we're good. Let me <laughs> let me grill all fall long, and then when it comes back to summer, you can you know figure out some meals then. So. Yeah, yeah. Give, me, give me outside during the fall all day long. All right, that's fair enough. Yeah, it is. It is nice to to have a little bit of a breeze, but uh, just disappeared. Summer just disappeared a little too fast. It that's did. All. That it did. Your deck's got to be feeling very nice right now too, though. You got to have you know, yeah. a little bit of hoodie or whatnot we, weather. But we we um, we have a little heater that we will drag out there on the deck and, nice. and set on the deck every now and then. So yeah. I like it is it. nice. Hey, we're we're playing some uh, one two this week. Beautiful. Um, All right. This hand of the week is sent in by Travis Pope. 
Right. And he gives us our starting stacks right out of the gate here. He says, our starting stack is 270. Come. And some other starting stacks of note are the middle position one, $100. Middle position two, 220. And the cutoff has 530. So he has us covered. And how do we start off here? This hand starts off under the gun limps. So calls the $2. Under the gun plus one calls. Middle position one calls. Middle position two calls. Hijack calls. <laughs> so the under the gun, under the gun plus one, middle position, middle position two, and hijack all limp. For $2. <laughs> yes. Before the cutoff raises to... $5. I'm not sure what's happening at this table, but we're on the button with the queen of clubs, six of clubs. What are you going to do? Queen of clubs, six of clubs, $5 to us. Honestly, I'm probably going to call that. I mean, here's the thing. That's a lot of limpers. It is. And and they may call a $5 bet. The cutoff, I don't think the cutoff raised nearly enough. Yeah. I'm not sure what they have, but if you're going to raise, I feel like you got to raise more than $5. Yeah. And I feel like if we want to play this hand, which Queen 6 suited, not great. No, it's not. Hence hence the call for me, but give me the but. We're on the the button, so that's good news because we're going to be last to act. Yeah. Moving forward. But I feel like if we're going to play, we've got to try to thin this field because we've got the world in here playing against us. So, where are you going? Um, 10, 12, something like that? I'm going 40. No, you're not. Yeah. You got to, you got to thin six? this field. Yeah. The hand doesn't matter. <laughs> the hand's not what, if I'm playing, we got to thin the field. All right. All right. I'm not, if I'm playing, I'm not playing against nine people. He said 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, unfortunately, though, uh, Travis just calls the five. All right, well. <laughs> As does the small blind and the big blind and the rest of the players in the hand already. So the entire table, nine-handed, family pot. I don't like it. <laughs> Let's go. I, this this might be one of my new favorites. I can't wait. So not nine handed five bucks each. Let's go. What what's the so, flop? So forty five dollars, right? Yep, forty five dollars to the flop. And the and the flop is the queen of diamonds, six of diamonds, three of hearts. All right. The table checks around to us. We made two pair, but the board has two diamonds. It does. And there could be could be a straight draw in there, and it checks to you. What are you doing? It checked all the way around. All, all eight other players checked. So my here's quick thought, real quick. If it checks <laughs> all the way around, they're either A, going, why in the world did I not do something before <laughs> beforehand because they're sitting there thinking the same thing. They're like, all right, well, I'm just going to check because I don't know. Or they got nothing <laughs> out of that. So you know what? I Okay, so Pot's 45. I'm going 90. <laughs> I'm, I, I, we're getting I, – I, 
See ya. Bye, everyone. You gave me... Hold on. You gave me a hard time because I wanted to put 40 in preflop. Now the pot's 45 and you're like, yeah, double the pot. Yep, I, I, I'm i doubling it up. I Look, everyone is either scared. They don't know. No one has any idea what anyone's got because they haven't shown any kind of movement. Yeah. <laughs> the cutoff was the only one to do anything and everyone else is called. So, yeah. I mean, maybe a, maybe a wee bit aggressive, but it's going to clear the field. <laughs> the funny thing is, that's exactly what I was thinking. I want to bet over the pot. <laughs> I love it. But I'm just a little surprised that you're like, yeah, I'm just going to call the five and then double the pot. <laughs> well, Queen Six looks a lot better now. However, there being a you know flush draw out there, I get it. But um, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I think that's the that's exactly the reason that I double the pot because there's the flush draw out there, and if we had thinned the field, if we had thinned it pre-flop. I wouldn't yeah. be necessarily thinking about that straight draw as much, but we have nine players in this hand, so I cannot discount the fact that somebody may have a straight draw. Yeah, who knows? But we're going to find out when you double up the pot right here. Ex exactly, and I think you can get the straight draw to to probably fold. The flush draw may stick around. Here's, here's what I really want to know. What did our friend Travis do? He bets $15. So a third okay. of the pot. That's going to leave a lot of people. <laughs> Both the middle position players call, as does the cutoff. Okay. The rest of the table folds. All right. So 15, 15 is 30, another 45. 105? Yeah, 105. Yep. And the turn is the four of diamonds. You hate to see that. Diamonds are not our best friend. Right. The straight and flush draws got there on the board of yep. Queen of Diamonds, Six of Diamonds, Three of Hearts, Four of Diamonds. <laughs> the table checks around to us again. No, it doesn't. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I do like this hand. This is a good one. I like it. This is. Joe, you're not going to like it. Well, I think you're not going to like it. I think you're I thinking check. the same thing. No, I checked. I checked. Okay. Yeah, All right. I, that just that opened up Pandora's box, and, and we, we don't have anything in Pandora's box to compete. <laughs> so. I, I definitely would slow down here. But, I I mean, I'd probably call something that's not outrageous. Yeah. I mean, if there was another, you know, 20, 30, 40-ish, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably call in that round. I mean, really... The only one with a scary stack now is the cutoff, right? They had us covered. Middle position only had a hundred bucks to start, so they only have eighty now. Yeah. The middle position two, they had two twenty to start, so I mean they they've got still two hundred, so that would be a good stack that I could be leery of. But but yeah, Travis bets forty dollars. Okay. The middle position one raises to 80, which is an all-in for him. Yep. Middle position two calls, and the cutoff calls. Wow. <laughs> I, I, don't know what, I don't know what $40 is supposed to change there anyway. Um, there's going to be action. We've already seen that from the other streets. It might 
work to be like a blocker bed of sorts so that the others yeah. don't bet as big. But if you're going to bet, which I already said I wasn't going to, but if I was going to bet, I'd probably go bigger than 40 there. But, uh, oh, we're not we're not actually done with this street um, because oh, really? because Travis goes all in for his last two hundred and ten dollars. Wow. What a hit. <laughs> Middle position two calls the all in, but he has less. So he calls for 160 yeah. and the cutoff calls with 210. Oh, my <laughs> So I'm not sure why we wait for everything to get there before we come alive and shove. That that's the only thing I would say there. But the river, dear God, give us a queen or six. And the river is the six of clubs. <laughs> Travis. So we ended up with the full house. Travis is gonna break some hearts. <laughs> so middle position one had the queen of spades, four of spades. So he made two pair. Middle position two had the straight with the five of hearts, two of hearts. The cutoff has the ace of diamonds, six of diamonds. So he had the nuts flush and we ended up with the full house. (laughs) Joe, as the um, aforementioned um, expert on this one, I'm going (laughs) to let you uh, have the first word on this. And I'm assuming it's going to be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely worked out, right? But you've got to thin the field pre-flop. But then on the flop, you've got to get those draws out. So, I don't know. On the other hand, I mean, it worked out. (laughs) It worked out. Travis, well done. That's a great takedown. (laughs) He says, I won a very nice pot on a lucky river. But not sure how else I should have played it given the checks. It's also also notable to mention that the cutoff, who was the big stack, had not been trapping all night throughout the session and raising when he had a hand. So it was a lucky all-in for me, but was it the right move? No. (laughs) No. Yeah, I think, you know... I think he knew that answer, and I, you know, just to break it down too, you know, from my point of view, when you make two pair, thin it out a little bit, you know, get get rid of like we talked about, you know, you're if you have a nut flush out there, draw, they're gonna probably stay in, you know, unless you go really nuts, um, but you know, at least the, you know, the straight draw may not, you know, that might get out of there, but yeah, that's um. It was it was not played, you know, perfectly X's and O's, but it definitely worked out. That's yeah. Sure. So let's let's think about it from another perspective. If we would have, because we both said we would check on that turn, right? Right. So if we would have checked there, that means that we get to see that river card for free, right? Does it change anything? Is the middle position one? Are they going away with their two pair? Maybe. So maybe we lose $80 there. Um, but, I mean, it was their last 80 They may have flicked it in there anyway just because it's like, uh, this is it, you know. I've only got 80 What am I going to do with that? The straight, they're, they're probably calling. The yeah, nut flush, the they're calling. So I don't think it changes anything if we 
slow down as far as what we make there. So I probably, I think the better move there is is check turn. Yeah. Yep, I, I completely agree. But, again, it worked out, so we're all sitting here in smiles. But, yeah, I think once you got there, you know, if you did everything else the same, you lead it up to a pre-flop flop, you get to the turn, just check there. See see what you got for, for the river for free. Um, yeah. And then, yes, maybe you maybe you lose out on 80, but you still take down a lot. So I think that's, you know, risk reward. That probably would have been the better, better move, you know, on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. And then I can also get away from something on the river if we don't hit our miracle card. <laughs> yeah. And cutoff is obviously going to come alive and, and push hard. I would yeah. assume anyway, then, then we can get away from that. So, yeah. Yep. Good takedown. But, love, love getting weird yeah. hands called in. Yeah, I do. It is nice to to see us win one every now and then on, on hand of the week. No doubt. Uh, Travis, I really appreciate you sending that in. Uh, if anybody else has a hand of the week that they would like Patrick and I to break down, send it to podcast at com. And Patrick, I was reminded that we have a... Uh, seven card stud hand that I need to work in here too. So next week, get no, prepared. No, all right, get prepared. Whoever next that was, week, seven card stud. It's coming. You're, I, I'm going to do a little bit of studying. This novice is going to be ready. Seven card stud. Right. Week from now, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll see you then. Thanks, Patrick. Sounds good. See you guys. It's time for Joe's. talked about this before but this kind of became a theme throughout the show today so i want to revisit the idea of respect in poker and basically it boils down to the fact that respect is an essential part of the game and it's crucial for maintaining an enjoyable environment now when i talk respect i'm talking about respect for the rules and that means a home game or casino environment respect for other players because Look, banter is fun. Banter is fine. But there's a line between banter and being rude. Just don't cross the line. Poker needs to be fun for everyone, even if it's their first time at the tables. Respect for dealers and casino staff. I mean, we all want to be at a table with a competent dealer and floor staff. But you're not going to encourage that by berating them for making a mistake or even less understandably dealing a card that they had no control over. So be respectful and always, always tip appropriately. Respect the results. This one just comes down to good sportsmanship. I mean, poker is a game of skill, but when your opponent gets lucky, remember, you had to get lucky at some point too, and it was probably earlier in the session. And respect for time. Unnecessary stalling or slowing down the game for personal gain just shouldn't happen. Basically, all of that is to say, respect is a core element of the game. And what I cannot stand is when someone at the tables is being disrespectful to someone else at the tables or staff or the time that we're all spending at the tables. 
whether it's unnecessarily tanking or using a time bank to open a box of sports cards. Just be respectful. That's today's One Outer, and that's today's show. I'll see you next week, A-Team. And until then, I'll see you at the tables. The Any Up Podcast is a production of AnyUpMagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at AnyUpMagazine.com or call the show at 540-339-7741. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to editor at AnyUpMagazine.com.